Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the pod that shares the stories of those affected by suicide. Lost a loved one? Attempted it yourself? Did you know that when you share a burden, the load is lightened? Come listen in with your host, Elaine Lindsay. Suicide Zen Forgiveness, the podcast, is for education only. Some of the subject matter could be triggering for those that are newly grieving or in a poor state of mental health. Please call your local suicide hotline or mental health office if you need immediate help. Hello, I'm glad to be back. I hope you are well, and I know uh, you're going to find this incredibly informative today. I'm really excited because we have a returning guest, Lois Kofi. Lois Kofi is, um, well, she's got some really interesting stuff to tell us. So I'm going to be really smart and tell you a little bit about her. She's a coach uh, for 23 years now. She coaches, she's coached, pardon me, just washed my tongue, can't seem to do a thing with it. She's coached 20,000 plus people in both health and fitness as well as business and sales. She's seen so many people focus on the external doing of goal setting, New Year's resolutions and intention setting, and realize that most of our success actually lies within. She's had her own awakening journey of working through addictive behaviors, depression, anxiety, and suicide awareness is her passion, as she's lost 12 people to suicide. Really feel for her, as you all know. Uh, she's now a plant medicine woman specializing in microdosing for mental and physical and spiritual health. She lives in Southern California with her family and hosts retreats with her beloved husband, Didier, who is a shaman. They use plant medicines as well to help guide and support those that are open to that path of deep dive, shadow work, and trauma release. So without further ado, let's just welcome her. Hey, Elaine, so good to be back. Oh, so lovely to have you back. And I am, I am beyond excited because uh, I just, uh, in February, at the end of February, uh, spent some time with a dear, dear friend from Colorado. And uh, we were together in, in Florida, actually. And um, she was telling me that she had gone on a retreat and was telling me about ayahuasca. And I did say to you, <laughs> I know very little other than there's a lot of vomiting. That's all I got. So we're not going to get stuck on things like that today because I think there's a whole lot more of great interest and import for you. But you know me, I have a bent sense of humor and I gotta keep that out of the way. I love it. And we can we can absolutely talk about vomiting, just so you know, because that is a very, very important thing that it does provide. So oh, oh, see, uh, see, I knew there was a reason why I was kind of hung up on that. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll talk more about that. But I'll I don't I digress. I don't want to get us off on on, on the wrong foot. So you 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 guide. Yeah, well, I, I think I think what's really important because an awful lot of what I do and the guests I bring on board is really me saying to the universe, where do I go now? What do I do now? 
Mm. And um, microdosing, it's become like this, this little ditty around all kinds of things I do. I hear it, people talking behind me in restaurants. I see it when I'm looking at magazines. And it was like, okay, got it. Yep. Lois Kofi's the person I need to talk to because she has already mentioned that. So I thought, you know what? Let's bring Lois back because I bet you know a whole lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and I, you just reminded me of where I can easily begin on my journey and sharing about microdosing. Would that be a good place to start? Yeah. Uh, so for me, I turned to microdosing in April of 2021 and it was out of desperation. It was out of my own uh, mental health, my own uh, devastating amounts of grief at that time. Uh, again, I only, I say only had uh, seven friends who had committed suicide and I had lost my mom, my dad, my brother had dropped dead of alcoholism. I've actually lost quite a few friends to addictions of one form or another, which is a different kind of suicide, right? Yeah. And so I was just so grief stricken. I was so numb to life that I, I just didn't know where to turn. And a good spiritual mentor and friend of mine had said, you got to go play with ayahuasca, psilocybin, also known as magic mushrooms. And I was like so open. If you would have said, you know, stand on your head for two years, I probably would have done it because I didn't know what else to do. I had done talk therapy, psychotherapy. I had done grief counseling. I had done, I've been meditating for years. Yeah. And yet here I was 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I was drinking alcohol like it was water and I just wanted to die. So just to paint a picture of uh, yeah. where I was at. And so I started. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the, the puppy wants to get involved. That's okay. Yeah. So I started microdosing with psilocybin because I actually had a relationship already very divinely timed with a mushroom shaman who had, you know, multiple lineages, a native American Mexican and had been cultivating mushrooms professionally, even though I guess I know it's it's illegal and we're going to put that on the shelf. So I do invite people to, you know, park your belief systems around the legalities of it. We're not going to talk about that today. I have lots of opinions on that, but just 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 go with me on this. And um, because he being spiritually connected to the medicine and having ancient shamanic practices, which I have people now calling me the devil because I'm into shamanism, but hey, it's it's all good. Um, it's not of the devil. I'm here to tell you indigenous cultures use these sacred plants to help people with schizophrenia, to help people with spiritual issues, to help people with mental health, physical health, spiritual health, connecting and going within. So he educated me on that. And I was like, hey, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. I've never done, quote unquote, what they call drugs. And these are not drugs. These are sacred medicines with ancient, ancient wisdom that has been around since even before Jesus and before, you know, Siberia, like before, mm -hmm. you know, the world as we know it. Okay, so that's that's my passion coming out there. But I just want to reiterate that. And so I was open and I did microdosing on a shamanic walk with the shaman. I got reconnected to nature. I reminded myself, oh my gosh, I grew up on a farm and here, you know, this was, the, you know, after the pandemic, I'd been sitting, you know, stuck inside, you know, closed in, closed off from the world, 
feeling alone, feeling separate. And he took me on this walk with, and a microdose is only like one to 200, maybe 300 milligrams of psilocybin in a capsule. Okay. And so it, it opened me up to the world again, and it opened me up to the beauty of the world. Now here's the thing. Guess what? after just one microdose and one shamanic walk was, is it, was it all rainbows and, and daisies and tulips? I'm here to tell you, hell no. And, and I actually got kind of scared because I was buying these microdoses from the shaman. He didn't have structure. He didn't coach me. And I actually got really scared on one of the doses. I had anxiety. I had some really scary thoughts and I didn't have support. And so I realized, okay, whatever I do, I was, I was, I was cognizant enough to know that I need to do this with a guide and with support. So what I decided to do at that time, because there were no microdosing coaches, there was no one like me out there in the world. So I went from between April of 2021 through April of 2023. It's now May at the time of this recording. And I sat almost 50 times with ayahuasca and psilocybin, macro dose, heroic dose, deep dive, vomit, pooping, sweating, screaming, crying, shaking, yelling, all of it. So I, I do want to share that. And Ooh. I did it you know, mostly with safe people. I did find that in the industry, there are some really unsafe ways to sit with plant medicine, but mostly I was able to purge and release a lot of emotional baggage, a lot of trauma, a lot of pain. I connected with all my friends who committed suicide and actually talked with them beyond the veil and was able to understand the why they did it and what was going on. And we can maybe get there, we don't have to, but I got to connect with my brother and understand his pain and see why he was an alcoholic, which again, compassion and so much love was shared between me and him in that other realm, if you will. And then I got to heal my religion wound. I got to understand so much about my past lives. I got to understand so much about why I manifested an autoimmune disease in this life, afraid to speak my truth, afraid to be seen be heard, which is what I believe is actually the root cause of all suicide and addiction, by the way. And so I really just got to learn how to hold myself, how to strengthen myself from within, because we live in a codependent society. We live in a world that says, you know, you got to buy this thing to be happy. You got to keep up with the Joneses and let's compare ourselves on Facebook and who has the cutest selfie and all that bullshit. I don't know if I can swear on here, but sure you can. <laughs> it, it, it really opened me up to my truth. And what I believe is our purpose in life for all of us on this planet is to learn how to love ourselves, be true to ourselves so that we can then love and hold space for other people in our lives and get rid of the judgment, get rid of the condemnation, get rid of the dogmas and all of the the rules that you know put a lot of us in a box and then you know after really after that first year of deep dives then i came back to microdosing because then i was ready i could handle the daily dosing so most microdosing is is it's not forever and it was more to support me in between my deep dive ceremonies to help me again connect to my heart 
to quiet the ego and the mind that just always wants to say, you're not enough, you're a failure, you're this, you're that, you know, you're, you're broken, right? And so developing a relationship with the medicine, I created a spiritual practice, I created a meditation practice, breathwork practice, all of these tools that I knew for me was missing when I was microdosing. Cause again, I was looking for that quick fix and expecting the, the microdose to just fix me. Right. And which I see is a big misconception for a lot of people who go down the path. And so at the end of the day, I created something that I wish I would have had when I started microdosing because it's not to be done alone. It's meant to be sacred, not just popping a, a supplement or, you know, taking your superfoods and going about your, your, your day, the medicines are not wanting that that's immoral and unethical for the medicines. They want you to take it into the heart and heal your body so that you can heal the mind through that sacred practice. So that's, that's a short version of what I've learned over the past two years since I took my first microdose. Okay. So for one, that what that says to me right off the bat is microdosing, you you have to be in the moment. And and that to me, there's a lot of moments to be in in, in order to come through, right? Yeah. And one thing I, I want to ask so to be clear for the audience. What is microdose compared to macrodose? Yes, thank you so much. And and just so you guys know, and I'll share with you my website, I actually now teach monthly classes on this Perfect. because it's a lot to take in. And like I said, I'm becoming so out of the closet about it, even since our last episode. Yeah. I didn't say I was a microdosing coach or a plant medicine woman on that because no. I was I was still a little a little afraid. My little girl was like, I don't know if we should do this because there's going to be haters and there's going to be people who think we're the devil, you know, all those, those little girl fears. And I, I finally was ready because I've just seen so much misinformation out there um, and people doing it in unsafe ways. So I also teach these free classes every month to educate and help, you know, hopefully bridge the gap between, oh, that's a drug, it's evil. And what is it, the truth, right? So let me, just, let me stop you just for one second because it's just coming through that I, I need to say that. Yeah. Every single invention that has furthered mankind's journey, those who worked on it were classified as the devil. Whether it was the wheel oxen carts, the car, the airplane, uh, drugs for depression, anxiety, heart medication, uh, replacement organs, all of it, all been classified as the devil. Hmm. I uh, was honored to be able to um, preview America Drug Wars 2 with uh, the producer, Kevin, and um, it, that opened my eyes to the incredible uses of cannabis mm. for children with cancer. And um, my, my sister had Beautiful. cancer and had uh, medical marijuana mm. for a, quite a number of years. 
so I know that there is validity, use, and incredible help available. Mm. And let's face it, plant medicines and shamans and and you know the Maori and every culture mm-hmm. has its uh, local roots that they use and local plants and local mm-hmm. for as long as there have been humans yeah. on this planet. Yeah. And it's those of us who are open to trying something new when you've gone through everything that's out there Sometimes that next thing is the one thing that you need. So if people take nothing else from what we talk about today, just open your mind. Be curious. Mm. Right? Beautiful. Yeah. Because if I would have prejudged um, two years ago, I, I don't know if I'd be alive, Elaine. You know, so thank you for sharing that. Um, the the microdosing it sort of depends on which medicine you're using. So today, for the sake of simplicity, I'm I'm going to be talking about psilocybin, aka yeah. magic mushrooms, and ayahuasca. And ayahuasca. So macro doses are the also known as heroic doses. That's mm-hmm. when you want to completely shut down the mind and go into the body, into the heart and, and have visuals and have the somatic releases, the things I was mentioning earlier, the purgatory type things that can range. I won't go into all of that again, but, um, when on ayahuasca, it's anywhere from as little as one cup, one serving to two to three, everybody's different on that. And when you use the drops, cause it's in a tincture form milliliters, usually it's only five to 10 drops under the tongue. That's a microdose of ayahuasca. Very, very, very little. And then when it comes to magic mushrooms, they're milligrams as opposed to the heroic dose is grams. Um, I even even say, because everyone is very, very, very unique in this. So this is my definition. There may be others who have slightly different definitions, but 500 milligrams or less is a micro dose. Okay. And then otherwise known as half a gram or less. And then half a gram up is the macro dose because everyone has different sensitivities in some ways. That's where you could compare it to medication um, where there's going to be a different quote unquote prescription. Okay. Based upon the person's, you know, health and current status at that time. And just so you know, for the awareness of it, ayahuasca, I would say it's my favorite one to microdose with. There's a lot of medication uh, contraindications. So most people who are on antidepressants or any, but, you know, all different kinds of medications, they can't actually um, partake in ayahuasca. They have to actually come off of the medications in order to go there. Whereas mushrooms are a little bit more flexible, um, regarding where you are at. So you've got to consult with your doctor. And if you have one, a mental health practitioner, I always got to say this, right. Um, before you, uh, you know, go into the plant medicine realm. Oh, that that's really, really important, um, to, to get those pieces in there. But 
So microdosing is is the smaller pieces. Yeah, in fact, it's kind of funny. I, normally, I would I would have thought I would have had some around me, but they're uh, this is my office, so I don't have my microdosing. But they're capsule form, typically. Sometimes they're the different. My sources also make them in gummy form for the, the the mushrooms, and then there's also chocolates, and there's there's a whole wide range of um, carriers they call them. Yes. To because yes. otherwise, especially the ayahuasca doesn't uh, doesn't taste good. Uh-huh. Yeah, magic mushrooms don't taste good either. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's. That's an old, old story we won't go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and that's where it's it's funny to me because I was in health and fitness. I did coach 10,000 yeah. people in, in weight loss and nutrition. And I'm sitting here right now with my superfoods that taste m- pretty yummy. I mean, most people do need that spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down. And I think, you know, that's where society has gone. If it doesn't taste good, if it doesn't feel good, you know, I'm not going to do it. But these medicines are so worth consuming, even if they don't taste good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, things don't taste good, but they, I I think after a while you come to a point where you realize that, okay, the benefits outweigh maybe a bad taste. (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. It's just no different than business owners. There's things in business that we got to do every day that we don't really enjoy, but if we don't, if we don't do them, then we we can easily be out of business. So that's where I, I was so excited. That is, yeah, so true. And it's funny when you were talking about the shamans. Uh, I have a, a very close friend who is a shaman, mm. but uses her shamanism for business. Yeah, and it's it's incredible. It's incredible the results she gets and that her clients get. It's it's just amazing. Beautiful. And I'll send her a bill. <laughs> Linda, you'll get the bill. Uh, on the, the concept of macro dosing. So that would be something where it would be a, a structured environment, I would guess. Hundred percent. It has. Um, I'm very opinionated about this because I know a lot of people when they think of the '60s and the '70s, or yes. they, you know, there's a stat I just heard that every weekend, 25 million people in America do m- mushrooms or cannabis or something, but they're doing it more as an escape, right? Yeah. yeah. And so this is not that. This is like, if you think of it, you know, kind of like Jesus had wine in the Bible and a lot of these different holy ceremonies had some sacrament, right? Yeah. You watch the movie Black Panther. If you guys remember um, Wakanda and the Black Panther, they took uh, a dose of something that actually looked like ayahuasca to go into Uh, the inner realms to go talk to their ancestors. And it was very sacred. So this is meant to be done in a group setting or, you know, there are psychedelic assisted therapists out there, you know, you got to do what's right for you. But, but I found the best groups for me were people who did it in more of a sacred, almost, almost church style like setting yeah. because there are ayahuasca churches. There are peyote churches with the native. Peyote, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. So they're, they're a hundred percent about that spiritual setting set. Yeah and setting you'll hear that used in a lot of uh documentaries and yes. things. 
And that's that's where most people are missing out if they're trying to do it on their own. Plus the other things to realize is when you take these mushrooms, you are actually going into a very, the veil is thin. So you're actually expanding your consciousness so much so that you can connect with the dead. You can connect with whatever you believe in about yeah. the spiritual realm. And you can also connect with some very dark forces. And so yeah. if you're not protected and know how to do that and have someone there to protect you from that, and then also to like hold your hand, if you're having I have had some very terrifying experiences that if I would have been on my own, God only knows what I would have done. Yeah. I might've hurt myself. I might've, you know, hurt someone else. I might've, yeah. you just yeah. never know. So it's, it's not to be done by yourself, but it's also, you got to interview the different groups. Uh, I can make recommendations for ayahuasca and psilocybin. Um, if people want to reach out to me, because uh, I've seen a lot of people even go down to South America and come back massively traumatized, yeah. even working with a shaman, because they don't provide a lot of integration support after. After, yeah. Because yeah. it's what you do when you go home that yes. that makes all of the difference. I've even had a story of a microdosing client even working with me she had a terrifying experience, nightmares and all of this stuff coming up just on a microdose. So she came into our environment, our safe set and setting with protection. Yeah. And she had a beautiful experience. So even with people that I've worked with, we've had to really get clear about what is safe for them. Yes. Yes. That, that makes a great deal of sense to me because I was around in the 60s and 70s and there were a lot of people who freaked out on all kinds of you know um, organic and inorganic drugs and and no one knew what to do with them like, well you make a good point remember yeah. I, I, not to mean to introduce or interrupt you but when you think about it um my friends who all committed suicide at least the first eight i was i was understanding of not too long before they committed suicide they just had a medication change and when you read the <laughs> you you just google antidepressants and anxiety meds oh, yeah. and and side effects guys okay yeah. And how many people have had a medication change and, and ended their life? It's because, you know, you can get prescribed medication or even work with this medicine. But how are you taking care of yourself the rest of the days, the hours, the weeks as you're consuming these things? It's it's a it's a it's a big thing to, to talk about and have an open discussion about. And this goes hand in hand with my whole mission about ending the silence, the stigma, and the shame, mm. because that silence is because most of us, certainly my generation, did not want others to think poorly of us or have us committed or for untoward thoughts or, you know, having suicidal ideation. We didn't even have that languaging back then. But there was there was no outlet. There was no way to talk the way we're talking right now yeah. without one of or both of us being carted off uh, because that just was not the done thing. And I think it's really important whether you believe or agree 
or even acknowledge uh, the value that is out there. And, and I know for a fact, I, I've seen it in people. I've, I've read the stats. I've, I've, you know, looked into a ton of studies that have been done. And, and the fact is, if we start talking about these things, that's how we make progress. And won't it be nice to get to a place where your set and your settings are the norm for people so that people can have these happenings and get through these experiences in a positive manner? Yeah. 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 It's so important because we've had people come to us and they are just like, they're crying because they're sad that it took them this many decades to come find a, a group who's loving and non-judgmental. Yes. Who, uh, we allow each person to be seen, be heard, no judgment, and and just kind of held in, in love and compassion so that they can let get it out because yeah. as as Shrek always said, better out than in, right? If you saw yeah. that movie. <laughs> yes. and, and literally, you know, these medicines help you purge for yeah. that reason, because the body has kept the score. We've been shut down yeah. for far too long to be expressing our truth, our emotions, our fears, our desires, you know, oh my gosh, heaven forbid we want to experience pleasure in our bodies, right? And to to, to shut all that down, that's what I did. I shut myself down to life. I shut myself down to feeling. I just thought I had to be a positive Pollyanna all the time, fake it till I make it. If something was wrong with me, I better not talk about it except to a therapist, but I'm sorry. For me, that just made it worse because you're only talking to this person maybe 45 minutes, if you're lucky, an hour per week. And if they're also prescribing antidepressants or whatever else, and again, I, please, I just want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm still a fan. I still talk to a therapist from time to time, very rarely, but I do, I have, I have no shame in admitting that, but that's not where I got, where I lost my 40 pounds and kept it off where I can now have, uh, instead of a, you know, an argument and heated debate with my husband. Now we can have more of a carefrontation conversation and, you know, I'm a better mom and, and all of these things because I had to get the, the garbage out, the trauma, the, the stuff that was, was so, so ingrained from society, from ancestral trauma. I released a lot of ancestral yeah. trauma for my lineage because it goes way, 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 way back, Elaine. It's not just what happened in our bodies mm. in this lifetime. Yeah, we do. We carry all that with us. And, you know, I reference my generation because there is no way as a older Scottish person, I am going to go tell some stranger thoughts that I shouldn't even be in my head. It is not the done thing. It's horrible, but that's how it was. Yeah. And um, as a teenager, I've told the story of I worked in a giant facility where they they held people they considered uh, mentally challenged. And one day, uh, I was 15, I got a special dispensation to work there for the summer. 
I'd only been three or four days and a young lad that I took the bus with to school was over in one of the yards. And I went over and said, I didn't know you were working here. How did you get here? Like you're younger than me. He said, I'm not working here. I live here now. Oh. And I didn't realize until just a few months back that has colored exactly why I never told anyone anything for all these years because I watched over six months as he degraded because as humans we tend to go to the lowest common denominator in any large group because we want to fit with the tribe yeah and it broke my heart he had been in a home for runaway boys and they didn't have anywhere else to place him. So that's what they did. Wow. And it doesn't happen anymore. The facility has been closed. They, most of them have. And, and that's no longer how it's done. But it precluded me going anywhere near a therapist. I was lucky to find a spiritual mentor in mm. 2004. And was able to actually progress from the the caged up creature that I had built. And in talking about that, it was realizing that we do, no matter what generation we are, we tend to keep the stuff that we're the most afraid of, the stuff that traumatizes, and it is from all generations, but mm. we're trying to protect our tribe from us by burying it. And everything we bury gets compacted and compacted. And in some people, like me, it, it appears as added weight. In some people, it appears as really difficult brain patterns and issues. Mm -hmm. In others, it's autoimmune diseases and other somatic issues. Oh, yeah. That I could go on and on. I'm teaching an inner child healing masterclass with a, a fellow spiritual teacher. And the list is a mile long for how uh, these, these deep wounds manifest in our lives. And so many people, and you, you and I can appreciate this, the whole business thing about just read Thick and Go Rich for the 50th time and everything's going to change. Yeah. No, I, I started, that was when I started questioning things, to be honest with you, about the quote unquote traditional models for health yeah. and success. And, you know, my podcast is called Healthy and Wealthy and Wise. So I was yeah. interviewing all these people and all of a sudden something clicked. I'm like, everybody's saying the same thing, but nobody's really happy. Uh, and um, these people are reading Think and Grow Rich for the 50th time. And uh, they're in the exact same situation, maybe even a little worse. So I think I'm going to go try these mushrooms and ayahuasca <laughs> and go inward because all of the answers lie within that you just got to have. It is a brave and courageous path. It's it's not for everyone because I even shared with you, I've had a couple yeah. people who uh, were, they did all the research online, again, online research yeah. um, about what mushrooms can do for mental health. And I, I had to break it to them gently. I'm like, just popping these microdoses for a month yeah. is not going to change the fact that you hate yourself, actually. Um, we've got to do other things 
to support what the medicine is bringing up through you and for you because that's how the medicine works it's very intuitive and it brings up integrative yeah yeah okay Mm -hmm. like i liken some of this to okay i want to learn how to play the piano so i buy a bunch of piano concertos and i play them all day long while i'm working while i'm doing whatever that's it that's all i do and then a year goes by and i wonder why the hell i can't play the piano but i did that one thing i got all that piano music it's like well maybe you should buy a piano ah it means you got to integrate all the pieces mm-hmm. and we are all often i find we're so focused on that end piece we want that we're looking at way way out there everything's right here you just have to acknowledge yeah you know what okay it takes this this and this to put this together so if i do all of these things and am present as i do them then i can be happy in what i'm doing and before you know it you're way past where you thought you'd ever be and yeah i'm pollyanna i know you just, made me think, you just made me think of two quotes, you know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with that first step, like you yeah. said, buying the piano or yeah. you know, maybe testing microdosing, but begin with the end in mind. It's about the journey, yeah. not the, the, you know, it's not that, yeah, not the outcome. You can't tie yourself to just the outcome. Well, and I want to speak to something because I feel like, and again, I'm not completely anti-big pharma, although it's helped kill a lot of my friends. I'm just saying. Um, yeah. There's that the, the the beauty of antidepressants or anxiety meds, because there is a beauty. Everything has a shadow and a light. Yeah. And I'll, I'll get to that about plant medicine in a second, because there's yeah. definitely a dark shadow there. It can give you relief, at least what seems to be temporary relief, pretty quickly. Yeah. And so that's where I think a lot of people think, oh, well, I'll just do one deep dive with plant medicine and all of a sudden life will be better or I'll do one month. Uh, I start everybody off with what I call my 30 day jump start, just to even see if it's a right path for them Yeah, because it's not for everyone. And so it's, I've had massive miracles in 30 days when people took it really, really serious. And then I've had people who ended and they were just just maybe just a little bit better because they didn't take it as seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's like anything else. Um, what other tools are you supporting yourself with and nourishing yourself with and and choices that you're making to support your path along that way? Because it's it's not meant to be something that you're dependent upon. The the medicine no. is supposed to essentially work itself out of um whatever your goals were, depending on, of course, your path and whatever your your destination is. But is it not part of a proactive lifestyle? It's proactive. You, you're taking care of the issues in order to become a healthier you so you're not dependent. Right now, we are a reactionary uh, to, to health and medicine, totally reactionary. And in fact, and I'm not 
in, I'm not completely anti-big pharma or doctors, but what I can say from deep, deep knowledge, doctors and pharmacies don't always know, the big companies don't always know why a medication they've developed works. They just know it seems to give some relief. And early on, they often have no idea of what the long-term side effects are. But because that medication shows some relief for people for some period of time, they continue to use it. Yeah. But down the road, and one of them that I'm speaking of um, is actually in the prednisone family, cortisone. Mm. People get cortisone shots for pain in joints and what have you. Yeah. But the fact is, they didn't know when, when they started doing them, like back in the 70s and 80s, other things started happening. People's teeth started rotting from under the gums. Oh. Their bones became less dense. They had other issues. And now... If you go in for surgery, it says right on the form, have you ever had cortisone? That's there because it is known to interact poorly. Wow. And that's just one. I could give you dozens because I, I was at one time a guinea pig for a number of, of drugs because of the unique issues that I had. And it's, uh, it's interesting when you look back on how little medicine really knows about what it is that they use. Yeah, which, yeah. which can be frightening. But why I why I say this is because in terms of mm -hmm. psilocybin and ayahuasca, there are proven benefits. And yes, there are proven detriments depending on how it's handled. But the fact is, they are no different from what they put on the pharma shelves, except perhaps for the price. Yeah. And I mean, of course, we're in a society that everything is like, does that is does my insurance cover that? And I will tell you, I went into a significant amount of debt. I spent about 60 grand over two years trying to find all of the healing components that I've now turned, put into my programs yeah. to help people not have to spend what I spend. But it's one of those things where I chose debt over death. I, I, I chose this path where, again, just, just cutting it to you straight, real talk here, not blaming, but all of my friends that killed themselves were reliant upon big pharma and their insurance. Yeah. And so just putting it out there, like, why aren't we talking more about that? And why are people really up in arms about the legalization of these sacred plants? Although I'm actually not pro legalization. Again, I, I don't want to get into that conversation. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Um, because there's, there is a sacredness to the plants and the way that they are that I don't think they could ever be on, uh, the big pharma shelves and should not no. be sold like supplements in my opinion, um, should not be on auto ship 
for forever. And, uh, you know, we could have a lot of mass chaos and a lot of uh, crazy people if we did that. But um, the health benefits, maybe can we talk about the health benefits a little bit without I think that's I think that's a really good place to go. Because I realize we've we've had a lot of great conversations. And, you know, for me, um, and I've done a lot of study now in these last two years, like I said, I've I've paid a, a good chunk of change, got some certifications, did some deep dive initiations with shamans and plant medicine women and been trained in all sorts of different medicines and all of that kind of stuff as well. But the the primordial cause of dis-ease is not living your true nature and purpose. That's a spiritual root cause. So that's why this is not like going and getting supplements. This is not like even just simply going to like a yoga class or a breathwork class or, or acupuncture or anything like you ingest the medicine and it's going to bring up for you traumas that you need to release. It's going to bring up, you know, maybe a mental egoic mind things that you've got to shift the perspective on. It's also going to help you sweat things out vomit, um, poop, um, release through, you know, vocalization. Our sound is so profound. Uh, again, when you shut yourself down, like my autoimmune disease was like, mm, I just can't be seen, be heard. Right. So for me, the health benefits have been weight loss. I've changed my relationship with alcohol food. Cause a lot of people, including myself turn to food and alcohol for, for comfort and, and quieting the, the emotions and the feelings in the body. It's also helped with depression and anxiety and suicidal thoughts. Uh, it's actually dropped my autoimmune disease numbers. I still, I have Hashimoto's. Um, I, I forget that I do until I talk about this because I, I live a symptom free life, but it's, it's still a diagnosis. And yes, I still have, uh, it's, a, it's still a prescription, even though it's natural, but I dropped 100 points on my autoimmune disease numbers. Oh. So it can help a lot with gut health because yeah. most yeah. autoimmune issues are 80% stuck in the gut anyway. That's where they start. Yeah. So digestive issues, mental clarity. Oh my gosh. The mental clarity and the creativity when, when I got the, the brain fog released. Yeah. Now I'm riding up a storm. I joined a choir. I'm drumming. You know, I'm dancing again. You know, my husband has a, a new and approved wife. So it's improved our sex life, our relationship, our love is so much more unconditional. We're still working. We still got some things to, to clean up. But, you know, we're, we're in a place where we're not going to get a divorce like we talked about two years ago. And, you know, I just have I can get back into all my old clothes because of the weight loss and no dieting you know, and just the passion for life, the yeah. zest, um, the connection with other people, the empathy, because I was so, yes. I was feeling more of that victim mentality unconsciously that I didn't know, right? Yeah. Which is again, what I think leads to suicide is like, no one loves me. Why am I here? I don't deserve to be alive, you know, because I was, I was there. Yeah. Um, the medicine showed me that and I got to look at that, which was very, very scary and intense at times. But to be able to release a lot of that trauma and that heaviness from the ego, you know, you can't put a price tag on, on any of that. So, it, uh, it, those are like the, the health benefits that I've seen with my clients. I've seen a lot of them come off addictions, everything from porn, believe it or not, 
to alcohol, to, to cigarettes. And that's even with, with just microdosing. Yeah. Um, you, you've, you know, a lot of different people are just more verbal, yeah. you know, willing to speak up for themselves, which again, some of these maybe aren't quote unquote, uh, measurable, um, health benefits, but for me, it's mental, physical yeah. and spiritual yeah. health benefits. It's not about what does the scale say? It's about what is every other area of your life. And then it also can change your perspective on prosperity. Um, yeah. once you feel that you're more than enough to go out and be seen and be heard, it opens up doors and opportunities and, and money, business partnerships, just different things. And I think it also saves people a lot of time because you, you cut through the crap in here yeah. and you yeah. make better choices um, in all areas of your life. And oh my gosh, um, they've even said that, I mean, given what I've gone through, I, I know that it's true. Um, one deep dive ceremony is about the equivalent of 200 hours of psychotherapy. Wow. Of course, you got to integrate it like you and I were talking about yes. and, and make the aligned changes and different choices in your life. You got your actions got to follow what the medicine taught you. Um, but that's where I, I love coming back to microdosing. You can make that compound effect daily small changes and yeah. that small sustainable changes leads to massive growth. So I just wanted to reiterate that you do not have to sit as many times as I did with yeah. the <laughs> Um, if you're curious about plant medicine, microdosing is a, just a phenomenal and, and very affordable place to start. Oh, that it, it's such a plethora of information. And I love that you've, you've made it very easily understandable and very clear. And uh, as the audience knows, you can always approach Lois and find out more about what she talks about to do with plant medicines, to do with microdosing. I think we've had an incredible lesson here. I thank you so much, really, from the bottom of my heart for all that you give and all that you do. And, uh, well, I look forward to talking with you again, of course. Thank you. Likewise. Appreciate you. This has been wonderful, and I would love to hear your comments. What do you think? And where would you like to see us go, perhaps, with this topic, or any other for that matter? I'm Elaine Lindsay. I want to say thank you so much to Lois Kofi for being with us yet again. And as always, I say to you, make the very best of your today, every day, and I'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe on your favorite service. Suicide Zen Forgiveness was brought to you by Truel Social Media, the digital integration specialists. Let them get you on page one in the search results. And also by Canada's keynote humorist, Judy Kroon, the motivational speaker, comedian, author, and stand-up coach at Second City. On the stage, Judy draws from her wealth of performance experience, wit, and insight to entertain, inform, and inspire in her dynamic keynotes and half-day workshops.